Hey everyone, Becky from The Shift Team here, and we're back with a new mini-episode to help everyone with some quick listens to get great ideas and tools for gymnastics. Core Strength and Shaping This week's mini-podcast episode is a sneak peek of one of last year's Shift Symposium's guest lectures, Core Strength and Shaping, presented by Christina Myers, a gymnastics and strength and conditioning coach who works with Excel Groups. Christina has a Bachelor of Science in Sports Medicine and Nutrition and a Master's in Applied Exercise Science, Strength and Conditioning. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started with our presentation here uh, on core strength and shaping. Just a little bit about me to get us started. I am the head strength and conditioning coach and a head program coach within my club here in Birmingham, Alabama. I am a former competitive gymnast myself, so I have about 15 years of competitive experience and then over 10 years of coaching experience now specific to gymnastics. I've coached everything from compulsory to level 10, and I serve as the head coach for all levels of our Excel program currently. In our gym, that's silver through sapphire, and I am mentioning that to point out that I have about 12 to 15 practice hours at max to work with all the way up to my girls who are competing level nine um, type skills. So I am big on getting the most bang for your buck and only using things that are incredibly efficient and effective within my lesson planning and my strength and conditioning. Um, Just my educational background, I have bachelor's in sports medicine and nutrition and also a master's in strength and conditioning and several certifications that go along with that that are not super relevant to this talk. Um, And then moving on from that, outside of the gymnastics world, I own a strength and conditioning business, and I mostly work with high school and college athletes and powerlifters within that. I am a nationally competitive powerlifter myself, and I do a lot of educational opportunities like this one, um, like lecturing at some local colleges and doing just guest speaking and guest lecturing for different sports um, education opportunities. This slide was just to show you kind of the the big range of what I work with. So I've got my little bitty gymnast over on one side, all the way up to my big scary power lifter on the other side. I also have my um, email and my social media handles on here so you can get in touch with me um, if you have any questions or just want to consult on anything. All right, so just a little bit about what we're actually going to talk about today. We're going to start with our core foundation, so our anatomy, function, all of that good stuff, and then we're going to move into specific versus non-specific core work for gymnastics because I know that's a big topic a lot of people have a lot of opinions on, so I'm going to kind of walk you through what mine are and why I do things the way I do them. Um, Then we're going to move into shaping and fundamentals. Specifically, we're going to focus on handstand, hollow, and arch today and um, the the other shapes that kind of go with that. But specifically, we're going to look at what to look for and what to watch out for in those and then a little bit of when to use those shapes and when not to when it comes to using your strength and conditioning time in your gym. And then last, we're going to move into some training variables and some exercise selection and how I kind of put it all together to make it work. All right, so moving into our core functions. This slide is blank to start because I wanted to walk you through each one and really have you think before I put them on the screen of what you think the core does and see if that matches up with what we're about to talk about. So without further ado, um, our main functions of the core muscles. The first one is a big one, and I think it's one that a lot of people would have forgotten. So Breathing, super important, obviously. 
Uh, by itself, I could do an entire presentation just on breathing, but I don't have time to really give it the attention that it deserves um, concerning its relation to injury prevention, to mental health status, to um, power production, everything under the sun. So I am just kind of skipping right through it. We're going to mention it on this slide. I'm not going to talk about it a whole lot more, but it is a really important one. And I do encourage you to look into it a little bit more on your own. Um, and I, I will talk about a little bit when we talk about a couple of exercises, because it's really important and breathing correctly in those. Next up, we have protecting the spine from the excessive loading and pounding experience during gymnastics skills and impact. So we're trying to spare the spine from taking on all of that load and unwanted motion, the spine and the spinal cord kind of being referred to as one thing here. Um, we want to resist motion with our core muscles a lot in gymnastics. And I'm going to kind of continue on that note in just a second, but the other one, the opposite of this is generating movement or motion um, within those core muscles. I think that's the one that we think of first most of the time, creating those shapes, creating movement, being able to do gymnastic skills. We also need our core muscles to be good at energy transfer. So this basically refers to um, transferring energy from the lower body to the upper body and you flip it around if you're on your hands first uh, or think vault maybe transferring your forces from the upper body to the lower body. That's all got to pass through your core. You lose a lot of power if you cannot use your core correctly. Um, and we'll get a little get into a little bit more how you do that in, in a few slides. But if you can't do it, you're going to be in trouble both from an injury standpoint and from being able to make those big skills happen. And then last on this list, we've got joint segment or joint in segment stabilization. So this is stabilizing the most obvious joints. We talked about protecting the spine. So those vertebrae and those joints in between each vertebrae, but also your core does so much to stabilize your hip, shoulder, um, knee, basically every other joint can tie back into your core stabilization. So it's really important to think of more than just your trunk when you think of what your core stabilizes. And then one last little note down here, six packs have absolutely nothing to do with it. Whether or not an athlete has a visible six pack has nothing to do with whether or not they have a strong and functional core. It's impossible to just look at someone's physique and assume whether or not they have strong abs and doing so does leaner athletes a disservice of assuming that they're doing fine when they may need some help to truly be functioning at their best, especially when it comes to their core. So what muscles make up the core? I am not going to get into the function of every single one of these or this big long list. I don't expect you to have this memorized unless maybe you are a strength coach. You should probably know them. Um, but there's often this misconception that there's only a handful of core muscles. Usually the people think of the six pack muscles and they kind of forget the rest. Um, and a lot of times when that happens, you only train those muscles. So this list is really here just to point out that there are quite a few muscles in question here. And on the right side, I'm showing you the differences in how they function. So you have a variety of lengths, of locations, of origins, of functions, of twitch speeds. And it's really important to train in a way that actually targets all of these things. Most of the traditional gymnastics core work covers this teeny tiny little bit of the core. Um, a lot of it's very hip flexor heavy, uh, which we'll get into later. But this slide is really in here to 
point out that there are a lot of different things going on in there, and we've got to make sure that we're addressing all of them when we're putting together our training. So we talked about this a little bit. The core provides a stable base for movement of the extremities and force transfer. A strong core is required to transfer forces from the lower body to the upper body and vice versa with minimal dissipation of power or energy. It doesn't matter how much power a gymnast can generate if they can't transfer it from one extremity to the other. Negatively affecting performance and opening the door for injury, that generated force has got to go somewhere. In the case of gymnastics, that also mean, that often means the spine or some of those other more vulnerable joints. Traditional gymnastics training typically focuses on generating movements that mimic the sport and often skip some steps with learning to manage and create stability. Six-year-olds who can bang out beautiful leg lifts or a dime a dozen in the gym world, you can go to any tops training and, and find some of those. Um, but the chances that that same kid can generate intra-abdominal pressure and resist unwanted motion of the spine or efficiently transfer forces, those are much slimmer. So that's why it's hard to find a six-year-old who can punch a bloated springboard really hard. Um, and that's kind of one of the reasons why every kid who's super successful in top does tops doesn't end up an Olympian. It only gets you so far and you've got to cover the rest of your bases. So how do we train the core? Often when people talk about core training, they just talk about core strength. How many leg lifts, sit-ups can you do? Um, things like that. However, research has shown that core stabilization relies more on proprioception and timing rather than gross muscular strength. Um, That's a quote from Greg Cook, who I think you should all look into if you haven't already. In other words, core stability requires more coordination uh, or the proper firing of muscles as opposed to pure isolated strength. Injuries tend to happen when the key muscles that protect our spine don't fire correctly. It's easy to blame a weak, weak core for back injuries and throw a big core circuit at it. But what do you blame when your kid who can do the most leg lifts um, as a beast on ab day is hurting? Most people don't get hurt because of a lack of core strength. They get hurt from a lack of core coordination. Think of coordination as the right muscles firing at the right time. In simplified terms, this keeps all of those generated forces from going straight into the spine or other vulnerable joints. Intra-abdominal pressure, or IAP for short, refers to the bracing effect created when pressure is created by using the diaphragm, abdominal wall, and pelvic floor to stabilize the spine. So we basically are making a box, um, a cube, if you will, that goes all the way around, or a cylinder if you want to think of it that way. Um, it's got a top and a bottom of top and a bottom on it with your diaphragm up at the top, your pelvic floor down at the bottom, keeping all of that pressure in there like a balloon. So the ability to generate IAP is essential for transferring power and keeping the spine stable while under load. Let's be clear, when I say under load right now, I don't necessarily mean while lifting weights, although that is definitely one application of IAP, but specifically here, I'm referring to the forces experienced by gymnasts doing their skills. So landings, pounding, all those small and large plyometric movements that go into gymnastics routines and skills and progressions are load being applied to the spine and joints. Being able to generate IAP is how we maintain stability and safety. And yes, it requires a pretty high level of core coordination to create this pressure. So if your gymnast can only generate IAP while holding their breath, um, that's going to be a problem. When you first start learning, that may be all you can do. Um, but learning to breathe while keeping the core braced is absolutely essential. You've got to start working on that. 
How are you going to do a whole floor routine holding your breath? Um, you can't, obviously. You're either going to pass out trying or more likely give up on the IAP to get through the routine. So that's going to open you up to power leaks in your skills. It's going to open you up to overuse injuries. And ultimately, the routine is not going to be as efficient and as powerful. So those six-year-old leg lift masters I was talking about that can't punch a board, that's where that's what we're missing with them. And then lastly, I've got Elsa down here to remind us that sucking in needs to go in the trash for good. It messes with your breathing patterns, your ability to brace and stabilize, your balance, your body image, so much more. So that's your reminder to let it go. If you want to hear the rest of this lecture, you can access it on the SHIFT website. The 2023 SHIFT Symposium runs from Friday, June 23rd to Sunday, June 25th, where you can learn everything you need to know about gymnastics medical care, gymnastics coaching, and gymnastics strength and conditioning. So don't miss out. Head over to shiftmovementscience.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to that episode. I hope that you really enjoyed it and got a lot of value out of it. I just wanna let you know before we sign off here that a couple things we'd love for you to do. So one is please just make sure that you rate and review the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or Stitcher, wherever you're listening because that really does help the episode grow quite a bit. And then second, if you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you left us a review as well and told us what you liked about it. You know, what information was useful, what things were not useful, would you like to know more about, what guests you wanna have on in the future. And then also as you kind of go about your day, if you found something really useful, just toss it up on social media. We love to hear from people on Instagram or Twitter or, you know, all the different websites that they're using for social media. Facebook is great too. But yeah, let us know what you like, because honestly, the podcast comes from people who just tell us what they're finding useful. And that's how we create the next set of content. So yeah, tag us in the podcast or tag us online, whatever you're doing it and uh, let us know what you think. Thanks.